so Lord, make haste to help us. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also, the sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our first reading this morning comes from Exodus 17. Exodus chapter 17. The whole Israelite community set out from the desert of Sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink, so they quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water to drink. Moses replied, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? And Moses cried out to the Lord, What am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, Walk on ahead of the people. Take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massa and Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled, and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers, that our forefathers were all under the cloud, and that they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered over the desert. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus said, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner, who went out early in the morning to hire men to work in his vineyard. He agreed to pay them a denarius for the day and sent them into his vineyard. About the third hour he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. He told them, You also go and work in my vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. He went out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour and did the same thing. About the eleventh hour he went out and found still others standing around. He asked them, Why have you been standing here all day long doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, You also go and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the workers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last ones hired and going on to the first. 
The workers who were hired about the eleventh hour came and each received a, de a denarius. So when those came who were hired first, they expected to receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. These men who were hired last worked only one hour, they said, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the work in the heat of the day. But he answered one of them, Friend, I am not being unfair to you. Didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Take your pay and go. I want to give the man who was hired last the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money, or are you envious? Because I am generous. So the last will be first, and the first will be last. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. All these readings are part of a special day in the church year as we begin a season that most of you have no knowledge about whatsoever, and it's called Septuagesima, or 70-ish days until Easter. It was tradition in the church, you know, quite a few decades ago, before our Green Book Hymnal, before Vatican II, uh, before the, the 60s, where you would have a shorter time of the Epiphany season, Epiphany Tide, in the one-year lectionary. And then you would have this pre-Lent period called Septuagesima, or Gesima Tide. And it was a time to prepare yourself for Lent, and, and to think of it in this way. In our three-year lectionary, we do ordinary time between Epiphany and Transfiguration. We get to Transfiguration, Jesus on the mountaintop, yay! And then suddenly it's Ash Wednesday. I'm so sorry. That doesn't work that well. It's like you climb up this mountain and then somebody kicks you off the top and you fall uh, all the way down the mountain and you have to start all over again. Whereas here we get Transfiguration as far as the culmination of all of Jesus' epiphanies. And then we get into Septuagesima. This time to prepare ourselves for Lent. This time in which we go from all the epiphanies, all of this Jesus stuff, into a, a lulling period of hearing about the basics of the faith, for instance. Uh, hearing a lot of gospel so that when we get to Lent, when we get to Ash Wednesday and we're reminded that we're dust, and we have all the different Sundays in Lent where we're needing to meditate on our sins, meditating on the cross, meditating on the price that was paid for, for our idolatry. We are better prepared for that journey, for that 40-day journey that we're making with Jesus, where he, he uh, as Luke says, he turns his face towards Jerusalem with the plan, okay, it's time to go to the cross. We make that journey with him through Lent to Calvary. That's what Lent is about. Lent isn't about us giving up things and flogging ourselves. Lent is about us joining with Christ on those steps to Calvary, joining with him at the cross that we might be crucified with him and we no longer live, but Christ lives in us. And so Septuagesima is, think about it as this time of the planning that you make to go on a trip, right? You, you plan where you're going to go, and then you have to plan what you're going to take with you. You're not going to take a ski parka to the Bahamas in July, right? And you're not going to take a bikini to Antarctica in the middle of their winter down there in July. Well, you might if you're going to go in a hot tub or something, but I don't know if there's very many hot tubs in, in Antarctica. Right? You make plans of what you're going to do. 
And septuagesima is this three-week period where we have septuagesima, sexagesima, and quinquagesima. 70-ish days to Easter, 60-ish days to Easter, 50-ish days to Easter. As we start to prepare ourselves, noticing that what is it turning to? It's turning us towards Easter. That we might look at not only what's going to be coming in Lent, but realizing that when we make our transition through Lent, we're waiting for that day in which the tomb is empty. And so what we're offered in pre-Lent, in Septuagesima, are uh, three different gospel readings that all fit together in trying to explain to us the basics of the faith. Here we have the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Uh, the, the psalm that we read, Psalm 95, which is also the normal psalm that we would have for a morning prayer service, which is kind of what we're doing now, um, is the psalm that is chosen for this Sunday. So that fit really well. Uh, we have the story of the water from the rock with Moses, right? How the people were complaining to God like they always do. And God provides for them. God continuing to provide for them. And, and then the reading from 1 Corinthians, which tells us that that rock is Christ. That it is so that we are prepared as we're going through Lent, as we're uh, reminded of our sinfulness, our need for mercy. We're reminded of God's provision of that water of life, that water that comes from the rock to give to us. And, and that it wasn't done by us. It wasn't based on our ability. Uh, God does this for the Israelites uh, in the wilderness when they're just complaining and they are not following him at all. And so we get this gospel story of the workers in the vineyard, and Jesus is telling the story to explain God's grace. This is for us to understand grace alone, that we are saved not by anything that we have done, but by his uh, mercy and grace. That, that the, the landowner goes out into the marketplace to hire workers, and he hires as many as he thinks he can afford, as many as that he needs, and he sends them into his vineyard to do work. And then he notices that, that he could afford more and he wants to be able to, and, and these workers are working so well, he wants to get more into the vineyard. And so he goes back and he finds more and, and he does this multiple times. And then he gets to the end of the day and what does he find? He doesn't find lazy workers. He doesn't find ones who slept in in the morning and just finally showed up. He actually finds one that, ones that nobody wanted. These are the workers that nobody wanted. Maybe they're ones with, with only one arm. Maybe they're ones that, uh, with a crippled leg. Maybe they're ones that seem too old to go and work in the vineyard or too young, too, too small, too frail. And he says, okay, you're going to go too. Go. Even for an hour, go. And then we get to the end of the day, right? And it comes time to be paid. And the workers who are there first think, oh, we're going to get paid more because we're awesome. We worked hard. We've been dedicated to this, this employer for a long time. And they get what they agreed to. And then everybody gets what this, uh, this owner decided to give for working in his vineyard. And the, the first ones hired get angry because they think they deserve more. Well, that's not grace. Grace is never earned. Grace is never worked for or else it's not grace. Grace is gift. Grace is handed to us. And so that's what we need to remember here as we're going through Septuagesima, as we get ready for Lent, as we find out that uh, you're not special because you were born into the church. 
You're not special because you were baptized uh, on the eighth day, that you were confirmed, that, that your parents gave a pile of money to the church, and that your grandfather's name is on a plaque at a Sunday school room. You're not special because of how much money you give, or, or that you teach Sunday school, or adult Bible study, or that you went on a mission trip. None of that matters. What matters is Christ and the grace given to you in him. That is what matters. That is what is given to us that we have to hold on to, that it has nothing to do with us. It has everything, everything to do with him. That all our works, yeah, God goes, okay, thank you for working in my vineyard. But it has nothing to do with our time served or anything like that. It has everything to do with the fact that the landowner comes and finds us and hands us his gift, his gifts of mercy, his gifts of grace, his gifts of pardon for sin, his reward to us, not because we were dedicated workers or because uh, uh, we um, somehow uh, broke our back over lifting so many grapes. No, it comes with his promise, his promise of this is what I'm going to give you. Receive it with joy, good and faithful servant. So remember that, church, as we begin our, our way here through pre-Lent and we begin our way into uh, uh, Lent itself, that grace, that mercy that's given to you, not because of any works of righteousness that you have done, but because of Jesus Christ and his righteousness that he hands to you. Let us pray. O Lord, we beseech thee favorably to hear the prayers of thy people, that we who are justly punished for our offenses may be mercifully delivered by thy goodness for the glory of thy name, through thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, go in peace, serve the Lord, and we will see you next week with Sex Adjustment.